Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock. Special guest today on the program, John Murphy with Reasons to Believe. Today's topic, Building Bridges for Parenting and Godly Leadership. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard. And New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Emberbrock. Here at the Bridge, 1120 KTXW, today's Christian Talk. Thank you for joining us today. This is Evelyn Davison, and we are in the studio here in the beautiful little city of Cut and Shoot, Texas. We're broadcasting on KTXW, the bridge, which is Central Texas Christian Talk. And our theme this month is Building Bridges of Love and Leadership. And, of course, in the studio with me is one of my favorite friends, Miss <laughs> Kathy Enderbrock. And, Kathy, what a wonderful day it is today in the city of Austin. It is. It is. I love that you introduce us in Cut and Shoot, Texas, because we were just talking about that, and that is your hometown. Yes. And so many fun stories coming out of there. Well, they're listening down there today, as well as I mentioned that, uh, because if you have uh, the app for the bridge, you can hear it worldwide, or you can go on the web and listen anywhere you are. So, Well, howdy it, to everyone in Cut and Shoot. Yeah. Yes, they're there today. So. <laughs> well, we, yeah. have a, we have a great program. You know, we've been doing this incredible series on, on the heart and looking at some principles and promises for parenting in Proverbs um, chapter 16. We've looked at a prepared heart, a proud heart, and today we're going to be looking at a perverse heart. And we have an amazing guest in studio as well to, to help us 
kind of take a look at that topic. Mm-hmm. Well, when you look at where we are in our culture today, uh, there are three or four different uh, perspectives as to mm-hmm. what perversion is. And, of course, we're very conservative, biblically based, and we know that God has ordained life and mm-hmm. not death. Mm-hmm. And so anything that falls in that life realm and love realm, you know, that's what we're here for to talk about. We'll be doing that today. We'll establish a need, and we're going to talk to a really neat guy. <laughs> and so let's introduce him, Kathy. Okay. Well, today in studio with us, we have Mr. John Murphy. And John has just an incredible background. I've actually heard him debate on two occasions. He's vice president of the Austin chapter of Reason to Believe, husband to the most amazing woman. I've had the pleasure of serving with her in National Day of Prayer. And this is the one that really gets me. He is dad to the most award-winning student in the history of Grace Academy in Georgetown. She is just this incredibly bright, lovely, articulate girl. And I thought, wow, I mean, this is really the full package in a man who's, yeah. who's godly, a wonderful husband, great father, and an incredible public debater. John, it is so great to have you with us in the studio this morning. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really tickled to be invited and glad to be here and somewhat looking over my shoulder, wondering who that person is that's behind <laughs> me you're describing. <laughs> Well, we have a lot of questions for you today. We're going to put you on the spot, I think, a couple of times. We've got Tell me about your daughter first. I want to hear about your children. She has really had a great life, and uh, we are so proud of her. She, uh, as Kathy mentioned, has attended Grace Academy in Georgetown. She graduated from there. She's now uh, actually going to be leaving uh, to attend a study abroad program in Rome. So she will be there this fall semester, and uh, that's going to be hard on mom and dad to see her go. But it's a very exciting opportunity for her, and and uh, we're looking forward to uh, hopefully visiting her for a week and then uh, having her come back closer to Christmas. What what is what is her age? Uh, what time in her life did she come to realize that uh, she wanted to go in this direction? Well, she is 20, and so she would be a junior in college right now. And um, she has the uh, Grace Academy is a classical Christian school, and Mm -hmm. so they emphasize the classics, and Latin is something that's emphasized in the classical Uh education. And uh, she is a great story in that her Latin teacher instilled in her a, a deep passion and love for the language. She also is very good at logic and rhetoric, as she discovered in the classical education. And so what she wants to do is actually eventually go to law school. And as we had attended a couple of law schools and, and learned about what you should take, uh, what you should consider taking, uh, the University of Texas was very interesting. And then they said, go and get your undergraduate uh-huh. in your passion. Go do it, study whatever you want, whether it's dance or piano or you know, the classics like she's studying now, go learn what you want to learn about, do something you're passionate about, get as good a grades as you can, and then bring that passion with you to law school. And so uh, she's going to get a degree in the classics and then hopefully uh, attend a law school here in a couple of years. Well, we need some really impressed. godly lawyers. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, this, this gal has the making of like a Supreme Court judge. She just has a strong mind. Uh, just a strong heart for the Lord and um, is, again, just articulate. She's really able to bring everything to the table. And, you know, just like your wife, 
<laughs> just really? like your wife. You are blessed, my friend. Yes, I am. John, you're a I blessed am. Those are two brilliant ladies. I, I really have to leave the house to feel smart at times. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, what was life like for you growing up, John? Well, I grew up the son of a preacher, and uh, it was a great life. I had a great family. I'm very close to my siblings. My parents have been married all of my life and still alive, and, and I feel like I'm one of the most blessed people on the planet, no doubt about it. Uh, being the son of a preacher was excellent in my Bible study and learning. Uh, as a teenager, I did begin to start questioning some things, and uh, I think that led to my love and interest in apologetics. As I began to question some of what I had learned and how I had been raised, uh, I had never thought that there might be answers to those questions. And as I learned that there were, in fact, answers to those questions, it was, those raised more questions that I wanted answers to. And so I'd say from, from the time that I was a teenager until now, I have really enjoyed learning the answers. And uh, I like to share those anytime I have an opportunity. What are the answers? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, I guess, depends on the question. Well, okay. Um, at the end of the day, the, uh, the, you know, the biggest question everybody asks is, uh, what is the meaning of life? Uh-huh. And I think uh, if you're going to you start with that question, and the answer is the meaning of life is to honor and glorify God. Absolutely. And uh, things get simpler after that. I love making things simple. <laughs> I think it's with all the information coming at us and so many decisions to make every day and such full schedules, we lead such busy lives, um, getting things down to the bottom line, making things simple, it really gives a shift into perspective and helps you make clear decisions, help you, helps you to be a much better parent. And now you were talking about growing up and being the son of a preacher. What kind of changes have you seen happening in, in the United States in your lifetime? I would say that there has clearly been more of a secularization of this country, whereas when we were children, the Christian mindset, if you will, was much more prominent, I think, in the public. It was more of an assumed point of view, um, whereas today I think that uh, the Christian mindset is is becoming more and more outside of the mainstream, especially in the media. Uh, It is becoming much more noticeable in the media for certain. Mm, Well, we're going to be talking about that Christian mindset and what it means to honor and glorify God. Uh, We do have some incredible questions for you, and Evelyn was talking about the needs that are out there um, in the world today, and when we see that, you know, today there, America is in a, in, in a troubling place, in a concerning place, and there are a lot of a lot of needs. We have a terrorist pointing missiles, and and and, um, and politicians pointing fingers, and um, as you were saying, the media just confusing the point. And so, how, when we're kind of all in this, how do we pull back from that and and get focused on the right point? Well, you know, as a Christian, and especially as a Christian apologist, uh, the verse that we like to focus on is 1 Peter 3.15. And 1 Peter 3.15 says that uh, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have and to do so with gentleness and respect. And so as Christians who are trying to engage our culture, I think it's very important for us to first and foremost be loving, 
We need to project that that loving because when we do that, we're projecting God, right? God mm-hmm. is love. Mm-hmm. And so anytime we're projecting that loving spirit, that loving attitude, then we're projecting God. We don't even have to say his name, okay, because well, we are being, quote, Christ-like in that manner. But secondly, whenever we are engaging the public and we're engaging people, especially people that have opposing points of view, we need to do so very respectfully. We need to listen to what they have to say, and then we need to respond to what they have to say and not try to talk over them and get our points out, ignoring the points that they're trying to make. If we're going to engage the culture, we need to know what it is this question that's on their mind and not try and give them the answer that I want to force upon them. Wow, that's useful. Okay, I'm just taking notes here. So we have to be hopeful because they have to see that there's a hope in us and that they're going to ask about. We have to be prepared to give that response. We have to be loving, which is what we talk about, love walking and love talking. Be respectful, listen, and learn what their questions are. One of the things that I find so interesting, John, is uh, people who really don't know what it means to be a Christian. Uh, it's so associated with just going to church or just teaching your children the Ten Commandments or teaching them to pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, where really the engaging life of the Christian is to do what Jesus himself did. That is to walk your talk and be available to do that in a way that would bring honor and glory to him. And it's hard to do that in a culture in which we live today because just recently, uh, probably a few weeks ago, there was a little boy that was uh, dismissed from school because he said, God bless you, when another child sneezed. Mm-hmm. And that's a major, major difference in the culture in which we live today and probably what I grew up with, you know, 83 years ago uh, or what you have grown up within a pastor's home. We want to talk today, we want to talk some today about the change of culture and what it is that we as the bottom line Christian, the one that goes to the cross, that kneels before the Lord Jesus, can be as an example before a world that we know is seeking and searching for the answers to the issues of life. Because we have them, God has provided them. It's just we have lost the channel the avenue by which we can travel into a culture that is so perverse that they, uh, you know, would penalize a child for saying, bless you, when someone else sneezed. We'll do that, Kathy. Let's take our break, and we'll be back with you with Love Talk with John Murphy right after this. Stay with us. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. 
From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock here at the Bridge 1120 KTXW Today's Christian Talk. Well, good morning. You have chosen the right time to tune in. This is Love Talk with Kathy Anderbach and Evelyn Davison on 1120 The Bridge. And we are talking today about building bridges of love and leadership, looking at the heart, the heart of the matter. And we've looked at a prepared heart, a proud heart in, in previous programs. And today we're looking at a perverse heart with our in-studio guest, John Murphy, with the Austin chapter of Reasons to Believe. And now, Evelyn, you took us out talking about all of the changes that we have seen in culture. John mentioned a couple that he has seen in, in his lifetime. And you talked about this young gal who was removed from school for a saying, boy. a little mm-hmm. boy, removed from school for saying, bless you when someone sneezed. That is amazing. I mean, when we talk about a, a perverted heart and perversion of, of justice, there's so many who have listened to the lies who really don't know the truth. And John, this is one of the things I like about reasons to believe when I've seen you in these public debates you are very loving and respectful. And, you know, we tend to see when there's disagreement, mm-hmm. people get very hateful very quickly. But I love this about reasons to believe is that the, the, the men and women with, within this organization are really reaching out to engage the culture. Can you talk to me a little bit about how reasons to believe engages the culture and, and specifically what this Austin chapter sets out to achieve? Sure, and thank you so much for asking. You know, Reasons to Believe really takes to heart the message of being respectful. And uh, and I really deeply appreciate you pointing that out in the presentations and the debates that I've been involved with because a lot of times in debate, both sides want to win. And they want to present the argument in in a manner that their opponent is going to lose and that they are going to win, whereas... When we're trying to engage the culture, our, our idea of winning is not as much winning the argument as much as it is winning the person. 
And so that's our end goal is that we want that. we want to reach them and engage them. And we certainly don't want to belittle them or uh, be condescending towards them because in the end, they are the end goal. They're who we're trying to reach. And so Reasons to Believe is a national organization. It's uh, based in California. They build themselves as a science faith think tank. Uh, you know, Jesus was asked by one of the um, Pharisees, I believe, if I remember correctly, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded to love God with all of your mind and with all of your body and your heart and your soul. And so Reasons to Believe takes that to heart, and they really try to engage the mind. There are a lot of people who uh, struggle mentally with their faith and with the questions that they raise. And so Reasons to Believe wants to take every single one of those questions and not question their faith, by downplaying the question and saying, you really don't need to worry about that, we, we think that that's an opportunity for a faith builder. Because mm-hmm. once you ask those questions and you get the answers, then that's another brick in your foundation of faith, if you will. And so uh, that's the national ministry. Here locally, uh, again, we, we have a chapter, an Austin chapter. We meet on the second Saturday of each month, and we normally have presentations where we engage some sort of a topic. We often have uh, speakers who are uh, educated in the topic that they're speaking on. Uh, our, our next uh, presentation will be on uh, September the 13th, which is the day this is airing, as a matter of fact, and it'll be from 10 a.m. to noon by Dr. Dennis Wilson. And so each month we, uh, we have a group of people, and uh, we have Christians, we have uh, atheists who come, uh, who we have seekers who are sort of on the fringe of Christianity. They're theists, and they believe in God, but they're not sure about uh, what direction they need to take that. And so uh, we enjoy normally a great presentation, and then we uh, usually have a time for Q&A and fellowship, and uh, certainly people are invited to join us. We We meet on the second Saturday at the Longhorns for Christ building on the University of Texas campus. And if anyone is interested in getting more information, they can send us an email at austin at reasons.org. And we would love to hear from anyone. So I love this because you really focus not on winning the argument, but winning the person. You really are able to bring light to the lies within culture in in a way that people are willing to, to be able to see the light and not feel attacked. And I think also you're able to apply faith to a lot of the failures that individuals have, have had. And you talk about, you know, being on the UT campus. Well, out of all the success that you experience in college, you experience a lot of failures. So it's nice to know that you are right there in that environment, bringing faith in that, in, in that atmosphere. And, and, you know, just like Christ, hope to the hopeless and life to the lost in a way that... You're saying that when, when you gather together, it is not just those individuals who are going to nod and agree, but it's the, the atheists and the, the seekers and the questioners who want to really go and find out more. That's amazing. It is. What are some of the questions they ask you, John? During the, uh, not during debate time, but I'm sure it would probably be subject-oriented, but what are a couple of the questions that you've asked? It is, it is uh, subject-oriented, so the, the questions are usually on topic, so it depends on the, uh, the topic that's being given. Uh, as an example, my most recent presentation uh, centered on uh, the, the name of the presentation was The Atheist Distressing Dilemma. 
Distressing the limit. Distressing, Distressing the limit. Distressing the limit, okay. And it focused on the acknowledgement by many atheists and naturalists that they have a very difficult time accounting for the property of free will. Uh -huh. From a naturalistic or from an evolutionary point of view, it's very difficult to account for a being who can rise up and control his or herself. And so the majority of uh, atheist philosophers deny that we actually have free will. They believe that we have determinism. And so that raises uh, a multitude of questions. Uh, the logical consequences of that are, in my opinion, devastating for atheism and for naturalism. Uh, what is somewhat humorous is the way that many atheists will, and when I say many atheists, I'm, I'm talking about the new atheists. The new atheists are much more aggressive. Mm -hmm. Your I traditional, I, your, I have encounters with them. I agree. Yes, your traditional atheists are much more, you know, you. I, I'm fine with you being the way you are. Just don't, you know, don't, don't ask me. me. Right. Just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it's fine if you believe what you want to believe. The new atheists are much more aggressive than that. And so they like to portray themselves as being the ones who are reasonable and that they are the ones who own rationality. And uh, they, uh, some of them, like Richard Dawkins and others, have come up with the name Bright. We're Bright. They like to call themselves Bright. And so if you're not an atheist, then what does that mean? That means you're you're not, not bright, bright. <laughs> right? So that's the that's the you kind of light, insinuation. But, but the the logical implications of their own worldview is if determinism is true, which most of them believe it is, and we really don't have genuine free will, then all of their thoughts and all of their actions are determined. And what they think is reason and rationality really isn't, mm -hmm. because in order to have reason and rationality, you have to have free will. You have to be able to freely choose between choices and, and options. Yeah. But if determinism is true, then we have all been determined to be rational or irrational, to be theist or atheist or whatever we may be. You know, I love it that you pointed out that uh, a Christian really is um, mindful and, you know, so many individuals look at Christians and say, well, you know, your, your brain's just clear, falling yeah, out of your head. Yes, and yet uh, there is so many uh, incredible things to discover, and, and the Lord wants you to get into his word and question it and look for answers and seek after him. And, you know, it used to be that our incredible scientists uh, were Christians. I mean, they they believe that they would discover how the Lord did accomplish the things that, that he did. Absolutely. And, and to add to that, just real quick, I'm, I'm in the middle of reading a book by physicist Paul Davies, and he was talking about the importance of science. And again, science is one of those disciplines that many atheists and non-believers claim for themselves. But one of the things that he was pointing out is that if during the time of Galileo and Newton and Faraday, mm -hmm. uh, these believers... The reason why science rose and it prospered because of the worldview they came from and that there was a God and that his creation made sense and they set out to find out why God did the things that he did. And so Davies was acknowledging that uh, if, if that Christian worldview wasn't in place, science may have never gotten off the ground, so to speak. When you look at... Um where they, where the unbelievers or atheists or whatever we choose to call them today, uh, when you look at them, 
they always appear to me to be very, very needy. Uh, I serve as um, as Kathy does as a coordinator for National Day of Prayer, and one of my responsibilities is to pray them plan the governor's prayer breakfast, and to co-chair or co-coordinate the capital event. And every year for, I guess, and I've done this uh, 40 years, uh, every year until about five years ago, we would get, we would have to reserve the parking places on 11th Street to keep uh, the protesters from coming and disturbing, you know, what was going on. And it was not just the atheists. It was those that were, you know, abortion people, Planned Parenthood, some of those. But it has dwindled now to the point that we they walk on the campus when we're there. And I have one friend every year that comes to me. And he always says, Evelyn, how are you? And we, it's, that's the only time I see him. And I said, well, I'm wonderful. How are you? And I call him Bubba. Uh, I said, well, Bubba, how are you? And he said, I'm good. I'm good. But he said, you know, I'm here today. And I said, yes, I know you're here today. And he said, you have a right to be here, but I object to that. And I said, well, you have a right to be here, but I welcome you. And so it's always, it's just this little game we play. Uh, I have, for a number of years, have communicated with a community atheist. Uh, he'll write me questions, and I haven't heard from him probably eight or nine months now. But I agree totally with what the approach that you have, John, with engaging our culture to the point that we don't pass judgment on them because Christ is the judge. He'll do that. But that we engage them to the point that we can uh, enjoy them and be used by the Lord as he has called us to do. It is time for us to take our break. Kathy, let's do that. When we come back, let's just talk about some of these things that we're facing today in our nation in regard to being an example and an ambassador for love and goodwill in America. Right after this, stay with us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 
4512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock. Here at the Bridge, 1120 KTXW, today's Christian Talk. And welcome back. This is Kathy Enderbrock in the studio with Evelyn Davison um, on Love Talk Radio and you've chosen the right day to tune in. We have an incredible topic for you this morning. We are talking about promises and, and principles found in Proverbs, looking at um, some help for parents. And we've been looking, doing a series on the heart, looking at a, a prepared heart, a proud heart. And today we're looking at a perverse heart. And we have uh, John Murphy in the studio with us with reasons to believe. And, and John, I'm sorry, we have been putting some pretty tough questions to you, and I just, I have so many notes, you should just see my, my, my production notes here covered in blue. One of the things that you said that really made a difference um, that is going to be a real perspective shifter for me is it's not about winning the argument, it's about winning the person when we are um, dealing with individuals who, who are atheists, who don't believe in God, you know, but there are a whole other set of individuals out there um, and, and we see this a lot in, in the media. We have these two different approaches to God. We have the terrorist who, who, who hates and, and mm-hmm. wants to hurt God's children. We have the atheist who is uh, a great apathy and, and um, you know, just an, an unbelief. So can you tell me, John, what is most perverse to God? Is it someone who says personally he doesn't exist? Or is it someone who's passionate to know him yet wants to kill his children? You know, that, that really is a very interesting question. In, in yes, my, it is interesting. Yes. We're waiting for an answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can give you an opinion. That's what we uh, like. We, we, uh, hopefully we'll get the answer later um, when we all go to be with him and get uh, the answers to all those types of questions. But, uh, you know, in, in reading the Scripture, obviously the Scripture is God's Word. And so anytime you want to know God's Word and what God's think, that's, that's usually where you want to start, obviously, right? And that and looking at the life of Christ. Those are the two things that we have that are representative of, of God and His will and His desire. And, you know, when I read the, the Scriptures, one of the things that I note about Jesus and what was most perverse to Him were the religious leaders right. who should have known better, yet didn't follow what they knew and uh, led other people astray. And so, you know, to me, to answer that question, I would say that uh, uh, the religious leaders who are the uh, sheep in wolf's clothing sometimes uh, would probably anger him the most, certainly did, it seemed to, in, in Jesus' life. But in regard to the uh, the terrorists and, and uh, the atheists, you know, those uh, are such two broad categories, and right. it's it's hard to talk 
about each category uh, because they are so broad. For instance, the terrorists. The terrorists could be anything from a person who uh, is a devout religious person who really thinks that he's doing the will of God in, in, in our culture, what people call the will of Allah, because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times the terrorists are Muslim-related. But, you know, going in the past, they haven't all been Muslim or related to Islam. Uh, you know, when I was a teenager, it was the uh, Irish Republican Army. And, and again, that was a religious war with, mm-hmm. uh, with terrorism. But then you also have people who commit terrorist acts for financial reasons, and uh, you have people that... Uh, some of the even the the Muslim terrorists are uh, just families who are doing something because their family will be paid. You know, the the husband may do something, they and he only does it because his family is going to be benefited. So it, it's uh, and and then the atheists are the same way because you have the new atheists that are much more aggressive, and then you have your traditional atheists, and then you have the the agnostics. And so the atheist, I think, um, God is probably more understanding and accepting because they are coming from a point of, and for lack of a better word, ignorance, if you will. Right. Because they don't know him. Right. And unfortunately, in the media, I'll, I'll tell you, I think Christianity is losing the battle in the media. I, don't, I do oh, not think absolutely. that we're being portrayed very well. I don't think that we're being portrayed lovingly or kindly. Most people think of Christianity and they think of judgment. They yes. think of people who are very judging and condescending, and that is really what we need to get away from. That was not the way Jesus was. Well, when you he know, was here. I like that comment because, you know, maybe the right question is not what does God hate the most, but what does he love the most? Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to focus on looking at ourselves, I, what Jeremiah, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things, and, and who can know it? Who can understand it? And so when we're looking at these, principles it's so easy to look out there in culture but it's really difficult to actually uh, turn the and, and point the finger at your own heart and say okay lord what is it in me where is my heart um deceitful and and you know evelyn you always provide incredible scripture and we've we've looked at at proverbs and, and how god sees a perverse heart and he says that a perverse heart winks at evil and ungodliness. It purses lips and causes strife. It leads others in a way that is not good. Mm-hmm. And you put in this beautiful scripture when, you know, when we talk about culture, the culture in Paul's time, um, we look at this in Ephesians in chapter 4, and Paul outlines what the perverted mind says. And 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 how god responds and god says look don't go along with the crowd the uh-huh. empty headed the mindless they've refused for so long to deal with god that they've lost touch not only with god but with reality itself they cannot think straight anymore they let themselves go in sexual obsession they become addicted to every sort of perversion And, you know, John, you had mentioned that when you were growing up, your father was a minister, but there came a time when you had your own questions. And so when we're looking at our our own heart and these these seeds and these tendencies at our own heart, how do we recognize if we're starting to maybe lean in the wrong direction rather than leaning towards what brings glory to God? When are we starting to get off track and how can we maybe recognize some signs with our kiddos if they're getting off track? 
Well, to, to be a Christian is to be Christ-like, right? Mm. And so that is our end goal as a Christian. And hopefully as we learn and we mature, we're becoming more and more Christ-like. We'll, we'll never be exactly like Christ. But as we, we grow wiser and we grow more mature, we certainly want to be more like Christ. And so I would say that in order to recognize the perversion is to be able to recognize when we're getting off that path, mm-hmm. when we're getting off that track, because a perversion is taking something as it should be and twisting it, mm-hmm. right? And so the way it should be is that we should be living our lives in a very Christ-like, loving manner. And so when we begin to recognize that we're getting off that path and we're getting away from that, that should be when we recognize that we need to make a turn, we need to make a change and come back. You know, when you mentioned earlier, uh, the we're always looking at culture changers, uh, those things that we're living with every day that we can see have penetrated the Christian mindset and and the Christian community or even the pulpit in our nations today. Uh, and one of those things is the media. It's, it is so polluted and so perverted today that it is dangerous. I do believe it is very dangerous. Now, there is good media like Love Talk That's and The right. Bridge. And, uh, but I'm <laughs> and the Good News Journal. Oh, and the Good News Journal, <laughs> by all means, by all means. Uh, but when we look at what drives uh, perversion, we have to identify some of those, John, in this nation. And one of those, apparently, is the fact that we just don't believe God. I think it comes down. One of the things that that um, that is so prevalent in our thought process today is that it doesn't. And, and I'm talking about not just Christians, but I'm talking about general, just general assembly. Is that what difference does my life make? God's going to do what He's going to do anyway. Uh, I have people tell, what difference does it make that I vote? Because God's going to do what He's going to do anyway. And there, there is a very basic principle I want to throw at you, and I want your opinion about this. In Second Chronicles 7.14, uh, the nation of Israel had been perverted by leadership, and you mentioned that, uh, and got so far away from God's intention for them uh, that Solomon chose to build a place of worship, and he began to build the temple. And then uh, he said this, and God, I mean, he, he brought it before the Lord's heart. And the Lord spoke to him and said, if you do this, and he's talking about Israel, but it's an application for us today. If you do this, then I will do this. That's what he said. And he named some things. Uh, it is time for us to take our break. Uh, and we're going to do that, Kathy. And we're going to come back and find out what is those, what are those things that he says, if you will do this, then I will bless you right after this. Stay with us for a long time. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson. 
and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000-square-foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest-growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville, and come see us. Was your website built by a programmer or a marketer? It makes a difference, a huge difference. Think, marketing is a local boutique ad agency that builds websites around you, your business, and your customers. This approach is Y-O-U-centric. Visit thinkmarketingtexas.com to learn more. That's thinkmarketingtexas.com. It won't cost you to sit down and find out how you can have a website that looks fantastic while making you money. Come on, isn't it time to update your website? thinkmarketingtexas.com. ThinkMarketingTexas.com You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock here at the Bridge 1120 KTXW, today's Christian Talk. It is so good to be with you today. This is Kathy Enderbrock and in the studio with Evelyn Davison and our special guest, um, John Murphy. And we are talking today about hearts. What is the heart of the matter? We're talk, we've talked about uh, in past weeks a proud heart and a prepared heart. Today we're talking about a, per, a perverse heart. And Evelyn, you left us on a cliff when we went out for uh, to hear from our sponsors. And you were uh, just getting into Second Chronicles, talking a little bit about... Some of the things God says, if you do this, I will then. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, of course, Solomon, you know, was, was the son of David, and um, he, he had a major responsibility for the nation. And I feel that's what we are, John, is we stand as communicators. And we talked about, you know, the media and how they just misappropriate. And, and it is a perversion. They take truth and they hide it. They don't tell it. But then there is the good stuff, and Kathy mentioned the Good News Journal, which I would say to you the um, uh, October, um, September-October issue is out, and uh, you can pick it up in any of the Walmarts or Central Markets or HEVs. 
One of the things that we don't understand, most people do not understand, is what we were talking about earlier, is they question God as to why he does this and why he doesn't do this. And uh, when Solomon read the, the scripture that God gave him, it said, if you, if my people, and he was talking about the Jewish people, but it applies to us today, will do two or three things. Number one, humble themselves, come with humility. How does... Uh, how does that work into the debate and the reasoning sessions that you all do with with your ministry? Well, that is uh, that question. is a, a lot of uh, setup there. Yes, it is a, a very big and deep question, and uh, I almost have to chuckle because you told me they would be easy questions, and it would be. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. I wouldn't have to worry or research about this, but. Uh, now, he says, if, if you will humble yourself, uh, seek me, turn from your wicked ways, and pray, then I will hear you, and I will hear you. And one of the things I know that is so important is that we give the message that Jesus Christ came, and he is our rope of hope. He is the healer. And, and people who don't know that blame God for the wrong things. Well, well, let me try and answer the question this way. And, and I think this is probably a good foundation for a lot of Christians to know who maybe haven't thought about it a lot, as well as um, unbelievers who aren't familiar with Christianity. You know, uh, the time of Solomon was during the Old Testament. And that was a, a different covenant. That was called the Old Covenant, beginning with the covenant that he made with Abraham. And so at that time, Israel, the nation of Israel, were God's people. They were a theocracy. They were not a democracy where the people ruled. They were a theocracy where God ruled. And so a lot of people ask, well, what, what happened to the people back then before Christ? How did they come to believe? And so people have to understand that God used the old covenant and he used that time period to show the people. He gave them all of these laws to follow, which they could not follow. They could not follow the law. And, that, and when he gave them the law to show them that they could not follow the law, and no matter how hard they tried they would fall short. And so he used that as a foundation to bring Christ on. He says, because you are incapable of following the law, I'm going to save you by grace. Okay, You can't live up to it, as we're told in Romans, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we were given a new covenant. And that's what the word testament means. Testament means covenant. You have the old covenant, the old testament, you have the new covenant covenant in the new testament and so we're told that we need to follow christ and all that we have to do is believe in christ again we're told in romans that if you believe that jesus is the son of god and that he was raised from the dead then you will be saved and it just can't get any more easier than that and so as far as what god told solomon that was very much a promise for the nation of Israel at that time that fell under that covenant at that time. But it also continues today because those properties that he asked out of his people, because that was what he asked, is for them to separate themselves, to be a part, and to be a light, be a shining light unto the world, unto the community. If we can 
commit ourselves to those prop- those properties of faith and hope and love, then when we do that, we are being Christ-like. So I love this. Are you telling me that no matter how hard I try to do the right thing and, and to be perfect, that and that I'll never be able to get there. We will never be able to be perfect, and yet there is hope for our our perverse, wicked hearts that tend to turn away from God. There, there's hope for us. So I, it sounds like in the in the Old Testament they they were kind of stuck with the hearts that they had, but in the with the New Covenant in the New Testament today. As we live, there are hope for our hearts. And God said that he would take those, those cold, stony Holy hearts and he would give us hearts of flesh. I love that, that we do not have to get stuck with this wicked heart and its wicked ways. We can get a new heart. You know, John, um, the big issue that, of course, this is all wrapped around is our failure to be like Jesus if we're Christians. In that, you know, we are, John, blessed John talks about, he said, if you don't sin, you're a liar, you've sinned already. So we all have those areas in our lives where we are not the love image of Jesus Christ. We're working toward that. And he says that every, in Romans, he said, everything that you allow to come into your life, he said, if you trust me, I will use that for good. And then he gives us in Romans 8:29 the reason for that, that you may be transformed to the love image of Jesus Christ. So that means when, when we're out, what we call out of fellowship or we're mad at God, we do have to come back to the cross and humble ourselves. And that is an Old Testament. But Jesus says the same thing. You know, I, uh, one of the things, and I know we're going to be wrapping up here shortly, uh, Timothy Keller in his book, The Reason for God, he made an outstanding point that I, it has stuck with me ever since. And he, he talked about the problem of religion. He said, in, in religion, you commit to a way of worship. You commit to a system of do's and don'ts. And, don'ts. and as soon as you do that, when you commit to that standard, all of a sudden you begin to look down upon other people who don't make that same commitment. And he says that's what religion is. That's not what Christianity is. That's not what the gospel is. The gospel says none of us can live up to that standard. The gospel says, again, for all have sinned and fallen short, and that's why there isn't a Christian who fully understands the gospel who can look condescendingly upon other people because in God's eyes, they're no different than anyone else. They don't deserve to be in heaven as anyone else. Mother Teresa, that's hard for people to swallow, but the gospel says that Mother Teresa fell short of God's ideal of how she should have lived her life. And so as Christians, the sooner we can come to grips with the humility that comes with that, understanding that as as good as we want to be, as good as we can be, we're still going to fall short, and that everybody else is also falling short, then we can try and come together and, and again, be as Christ-like as we can in, you know, a, in a humble way. That is so true, John. And it is a, not just a matter of heart, but it's a matter of mindset. He says by the renewing of your mind, you know, you'll, be made, you'll be transformed in the likeness of Christ. And we all sin, and, and you struggle with that. I was telling Kathy coming in, I've got a, I was in Houston this week, and my sister and I went shopping, 
and uh, she has Alzheimer's, and so I was, you know, just covered up with a lot of details. And I checked out uh, at a Steinmark store because she bought a lot of clothes, and I had picked out a pair of red shoes that was in a box, and all this stuff's on top of it. Well, I had I sat my purse down on top of that box of shoes. That was mine. And so when we got left there, I did not pay for those shoes. And all the way home, I thought, I should have gone back to that store. But I've got them in my car, and I'm going to the Steinmark in Lake Lake Village. Because <laughs> I never wear those shoes. And I thought, Lord, what a good example that is of how faithful we've got. You know, we, that's what we're called to be, to be honest, to be faithful to him, to be a love image. Now, if somebody Amen. saw me take those shoes, you know, I can't do anything about that. But I do know this. I can go back. And, you know, take those shoes back and not enjoy them. I mean, that's sometimes what, what we get confused about is what are these little things that bring cracks into our life that say, I deserve that. Because, to be honest with you, so many of us in this nation are living in a culture where we believe the lie that, number one, you're entitled to everything. God owes you. Mm-hmm. If you do this, God owes you. Secondly, We make God Santa Claus, or we believe that government in our star God. John, it's just been wonderful to have you here. I think we got to have him back. I I think so. (laughs) Tell our friends how they can get in touch with you. Give us the information again about Reason. Sure. So the Austin chapter of Reasons to Believe, again, it meets on the second Saturday of every month. We meet at the Longhorn for Christ building on the uh, campus of the University of Texas. Uh, we usually meet on Saturday morning between 10 and noon, and uh, anyone who has further interest can contact us by sending us an email at austin at reasons.org. Thank you so much for joining us. And, Kathy, we have a couple of little details we need to clear up before we leave today, and one is um, an event that's coming up. Well, the event is the Beth Moore uh, simulcast at Main Street Baptist Church in Georgetown. The ladies have asked me to emcee the event for them. I'm looking forward to that. You can go to msbchurch.com to register. However, that is Saturday, September the 13th at 8.30 a.m. So this may be airing as well on that very day. And you can always go to our archives at www.lovetalknetwork.com. You can get previous shows, come read our blogs, and go like us on Facebook. Say hi. Let us know about what your favorite thing was about today's show. Well, we certainly have enjoyed being here. I do have one little word to leave for you. Before you talk, listen. Before you react, think. Before you criticize, wait. Before you pray, forgive. And before you quit, try again. Because Jesus is your rope of hope. And we offer you to him today. Give us a call on the love line at 249-6535. And we pray that uh, this week, as you are looking for those areas in your life where you really do need to be transformed to the love image of Jesus Christ, don't quit. Keep trying. Keep believing. Keep praying. And above all things, every day, go to the Lord's table and let him feed you with the love and the mercy and the grace that's free. That is free. It's just there for your asking. So in the meantime, we pray blessed for you and pray that you'll have a good week. And we thank our our sponsors so much, Kathy, Mm -hmm. that make it possible for us to be here. And so we would say that in the closing, um, have a great week. And we'll see you again next week for Love Talk. Next week.